You ever felt you're being watched sometimes? Have you ever had a cold shiver run down your spine? Sometimes we go through that. Sometimes we look for answers to questions we don't really truly understand. Like, are we truly alone in the universe? Is there life after death? This world is weird. It gets weirder by the day. And in that weird are questions that we have as curious beings known as humans. Tonight, we look into some of those questions and get a little weird. Cause we all are just a tad bit weird. Tonight on Weekend Weird. Welcome to Weekend Weird, the show about the weird and mundane is out in this universe and beyond. I'm your host, creator, producer, Mr. I try to do everything but usually fall flat on my face, Red Nick. And um, this is part two of WWE and the Dark Side of sports entertainment. So without further ado, we're just going to go right into it. Uh, Laurel, Chris Patrick joins me again for part two. So y'all enjoy. Thanks. Hello. Hey, how are you? How you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, yeah, just... Hang on. I want to see if you can... Oh, here we go, I think. Yeah. I have, I have no control on whether the phone is going to ring or somebody's going to get on the phone. I have no control over that. Okay. <laughs> I see something that says share your microphone, but then it disappeared. Mm-hmm. Mm, here it is. Click to control sharing. Control sharing. Allow temporarily. Use the microphone. I don't know what that is. Okay. I don't know. Uh, hang on, I'll just ask you if you can hear me in a second. I just want to make okay. sure. Yikes. Oh, here we go. Hang on. My poor computer. Okay. Uh, not connected. Battery. Hang on. Can you hear me right now? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me right now? Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me? Oh, okay. Y- yes, I hear you. Then I can't control it. Oh, okay. That was that was the that wasn't the microphone. That was the speaker. Okay. This anchor has control of the microphone, but I see nothing on this anchor page. Yeah. Will let me control anything. Can you control your microphone? Uh, well, I have a. I my, I I can control my actual microphone. I can mute myself on my actual microphone, but I can't do it on like the recording device anchor. Okay, hang on. I just brought up the microphone. Microphone access. Okay. It just is to use your access. So it's just me giving access to it. It's not me being able yeah. to pick it up or turn it down. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, oh. uh, uh, we'll play it by ear. <laughs> Can you mute me though? You can't mute me. I don't think so. No, I can't mute you. Okay. Uh, I have to. Hang on. Yeah. Can you tell me if you hear me now? Can you hear me right now? Yeah. Now I can't. Could Could you hear me then? No, I couldn't. Okay, cool. But I didn't. I didn't get booted off the call, so that'll do it. Okay. Okay. I, so. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Well, after three minutes of testing a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, uh, we could pick up, uh, part two. Back where we left off. Yeah, where we left off. So the first part, uh, if you didn't listen to the first part, uh, what the hell is wrong with you? Go stop this. Go listen to the damn first part. Cause otherwise you're going to be lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, this is the first part. Well, this is the second part. Well, too damn bad. I'm not feeling you in. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about our nostalgia for WWE watching and the, uh, a little bit about Vince McMahon's background stuff in the Montreal Screwjob and, uh, CM Punk shitting on himself. So uh, you had brought up um, their pay the last time, which is mm-hmm. it, it pretty important on a uh, step of how they're paid. Um, the WWE is different. Well, no, it's not different. It's pretty much <laughs> like the, the territory days. Um, wrestlers were. Um, they didn't. A lot of wrestlers didn't work for one company. Didn't have exclusive contracts with one company. They just bounced around during the territory days. So mm-hmm. it it worked back then. But uh, because of WWE, um, they are not classified as employees in the oh. WWE. Um, they are classified as independent contractors. <laughs> They're not employees of the WWE, but they're independent contractors. And if you're unfamiliar with the uh, what independent contracting means, it's a independent independent contractor, but defined by the IRS as independent contractor is a self-employed person or entity contracted to contracted to perform for or provide services to another entity as a non-employee. As a result, independent contractors must pay their own social security and Medicare taxes. In addition, an entry that uses the service of independent contractors or is not required to provide them with employee benefits um, such as health insurance, the employee-sponsored retirement accounts that the entity may other, otherwise provide to the employees. The payer must correctly classify each payee as either independent contractor or employee. Another term for independent contractor is a freelancer. Um, that's a definition given by Investopedia. Um, what the IRS states is a independent contractor. How they defined it is... Uh, you are self-employed. Hmm. <laughs> that's, and that's for that, the crazy part, of, well, not crazy part, the, the capitalist part about that is that's most jobs now. You're an independent, I'm an independent contractor on my job, both yeah. my jobs, all three of my jobs. I'm well, an independent contractor on all of them. And well, you are too, aren't you? Uh, technically, with my current job, yeah, I'm an independent yep. contractor, uh, except for they take out my taxes. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. just, and you, but, uh, but you give them permission to do that. They yeah, I gave them, yeah they, they, they don't have to when I gave them permission to do that. Right. Uh, but technically, I'm an independent contractor. And technically is, uh, well, technically, not technically, they are WWE talent, or as they call them, superstars, because they're not yeah. called wrestlers. Uh, they're called superstars. <laughs> They're yeah, giving them a hard time with that. Yeah, yeah, they want like Vince. Yeah, Vince McMahon uh, in the WWE. Probably so many times. Go ahead. Yeah, Vince McMahon in the WWE. In their efforts to distinguish themselves from other from wrestling, other from wrestling the sport companies of, from the sport in the sport of, of professional wrestling, list their uh, talent. They're professional wrestlers as either superstars, WWE superstars, or sports entertainers. Like they, they, there's a bunch of weird things about it. Uh, the WWE, like the, the 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 belts that they have, the championship belts. You mm. can't call them championship belts. You have to. They called uh, titles. Titles. Yes. Really. I yeah. Guess. They. That's every, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they do. But don't they do that with boxing? No, they call them belts. It's interchangeable with boxing. It's either belt or title, but the they title usually call them champion, right? Hmm. Yeah, and and also because boxing, there's so many uh, boxing federations. So that's within boxing, like you could be the heavyweight champ. Oh, the I'm the heavyweight champion in the world. Well, there which heavyweight champion there's a WBC, there's the WBA, <laughs> there's the IBF. <laughs> there, there's Continental, there's Great Britain. Great Britain has a heavyweight champion. Uh, like, wow. which, which heavyweight champion are you? So they differentiate and they call them belts. But like in mm. either other professional wrestlers, they, they call them either belts or titles. But in the WWE, they're called titles. Like it was just like last night on Raw, a uh, wrestler came back. <laughs> We're just going to talk a little bit about a little bit. Uh, Cody Rhodes had came back to the WWE and he was using terminology that other wrestling uh, fans would, would know. Uh, instead of titles, he says belts. Instead of superstars, he says wrestlers. And uh, one of their one of WWE's uh, talents have been there for a very long time. And personally, I kind of wish would go away. The Miz. Uh, oh, <laughs> says, no, 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 he hasn't been there that long. He was yes. Really, no, he has not. He's been he there since two thousand six. Hasn't been that. He was originally a real world uh, person. Yeah. He was on the real world. Real yeah. world. Where New York. back to New York? Yeah, back, back to, to New York. York. Yeah, that much I know. The Miz, right? Yeah. Yes, that was in two thousand. <laughs> yes, it was 2000. I'm getting ready to quit doing it. It was either 2000, 2001, because that was the season. That was the season before Chicago. It was in, no, it had to be. Yes, it is. It had to be sometime between 2001 and 2010. It was, I think it was either 2000, you know what? We got freaking computers in front of us. The, the fans are going to hear the clack, clack, clack because I'm looking it up. Right? Yeah, and we got freaking computers in front of us. <laughs> and this is, uh, let's look see. at you trying to look faster than me. Whatever. <laughs> uh, real world. Been, back been back to, 2001. 2001. I think yeah. they've been back to New York a couple of times. Yeah, well, a couple of times after that, but like that season, 2001, yeah, they just. 
came back to well, he was a teenager right because i think he was the youngest person on the uh, yeah yeah i think he was like 20 Ooh, or something yeah 2001 you are old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i knew it was like 2001 because it was like that was the season before they first came to chicago not first Oh, it's since since the first time. I they, think they okay. came back again. I think they came before because there's no more yeah. real world. They don't the, do any more episodes. But yeah, I think they came back to Chicago one more time. Yeah, it was a it was a back to Chicago situation. Yeah, yeah, situation. yeah but uh, we we going off. It was like yeah, last episode we've gone off the track. Um, okay, okay, okay. It, it was a, like we're talking about weird stuff, but. Um, not weird stuff, but just the weird things WWE does. <laughs> uh, the independent contractor uh, back in the territories, they would move around, but WWE again, they did. Right. They don't list their uh, talent as employees, even though yeah. on their website, uh, the corporate website, it says WWE's top priority is the health and wellness of our superstars. Sure. WWE performers are the company's greatest asset. Without our performers, WWE wouldn't exist. Now that's true. Yeah, but they're listed as independent contractors. Yep. Not employees. And they would be like, oh, okay, well, there's nothing. Okay, well, also, because of their independent, they have independent contract status, but they're not allowed to go wrestle someplace else while they're working. Because they have a contract. Because they have a contract. Yeah. They have a contract that's exclusively contracted and performing only at WWE-sponsored events. They can't go and wrestle for their competition AEW right. or a one-off match or whatever. They're only exclusively working for WWE, which your independent contractors in the definition of independent contract, contractors is said, I, I work for you at will. Right. Um, so if you're not using me, if I'm sitting at home, why not I can't wrestle some dude in some uh <laughs> <laughs> um, gymnasium just for a couple of bucks. No, yeah, you can't. You're exclusively only allowed to work for the WWE. That's not independent contracting. <laughs> and the Ooh. WWE was allowed to get away with this for a very fucking long time. Right. It's a profit system, yo. Yeah, and it's not profit. Like, like oh, it, like people who are kind of misinformed. Oh, there's other wrestling companies that do that. Not, no. <laughs> they don't. Shouldn't be. They shouldn't well, be. Now, 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 not. They don't. The other major companies that are in the United States, um, unless like only a few, are exclusively contracted to those companies, and it's only a mm. few, like um, AEW. Um, Actually, AEW, they allow their guys, their talent to work other places. So they allow, they allow, unless they don't want to do it. They, their guys work okay. other places all the time. So, you know, it's only the WWE that does this. <laughs> They're the only ones that do it. And, and there was a fight back against that uh, years ago. They wanted to uh, unionize. Uh, the guy we mentioned in the Ooh, last episode, no Je yeah, Jesse I'm, Ventura. I'm not surprised. Yeah, they, they they they'd end it. They they end the league before they let them 
unionized. Mm-hmm. That's too much power away from people that have been making a crap ton of money. Yeah, Jason Ventura back in the eighties tried to get them to the wrestlers to to unionize to get uh, Medicare, uh, well, not Medicare, me- medical insurance at least for, for medical insurance right. when they're out. Um, and uh, Vince McMahon came in, found out about it, and, uh, <laughs> and stopped that real quick. And how he found out about it is because Hulk Hogan ratted on him. Jesse Ventura oh, sure. came up came up to Hulk Hogan and was like, hey, we're forming a union. Because Jesse, Jesse, from what Jesse had so uh told that he was getting a lot of people, a lot of the Just talent to, to to like, yeah, we want to be part of the union. This is not fair. We're exclusively contracting yeah. with you. And Hulk he went to Hulk Hogan and was like, No, I don't want to be a part of this thing. Like, I'm making a bunch of money. I don't want y'all coming in and fucking up. And Jesse was like, Okay, fine, but if the majority of us want to join this union, um, mm. You know, you need to keep your damn mouth shut. And yeah. what he did is snitch right to the boss. And there with that. Yeah. And and if you it, it, we're only glazing the surface of uh of this independent contracting and stuff because like uh, people are like well they're on TV and, and they're making a lot of money um they well who who cares it's like not every wrestler that works for the WWE past <laughs> present and future. Has made a lot of money. Right. There's a lot of wrestlers, especially in the uh, past wrestlers that no longer work there, um, for the WWE, or even still work for the WWE. They haven't, that didn't make a lot of money. Uh, right. Perfect example: um, Roddy Roddy Piper. <laughs> he gave an interview uh, to Real Sports with Brian Gumble back, I think, 2003, hmm. and. Um, Rowdy was looking like pretty tore up shape. Oh no, uh, he's looking bad. Not tore looking, up shape and, because and, you know they, they, they did they did horrible things to their body. So their body yeah, yeah, they, yeah. You're you're doing horrible things to your body doing professional wrestling wrestling. But back in 2003, when he gave his interview, he was he was 49 years old. He uh, was oh, just coming oh, back to the WWE to wrestle. Because he said, look, man, I can't access my pension until I'm 65 or 49 years old. Like, I'm not making I'm not making as much money as I was before. Life gets in the way. Like, and he was like, I'm not gonna make it till 65. And he did have a pension because he was part of the Screen Actors Guild, because Roddy Piper was an actor as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I'm not gonna make it to 65 years old, man. So what am I gonna do? And Unfortunately, he didn't make it to 65. He passed away. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. I don't think. Um, back Ooh. in he passed away at 61. Ooh. So, and mind you, like if you get wrestling is a daunting business. Yeah, it is. Of you course. get you, you get hurt. Unless, like, say if you get hurt. In the ring. Now the WWE will pay for it up until that injury in the ring. But if you had nagging mm-hmm. injuries before or whatever comes after, you're on the hook for that. Now WWE requires their talent to pay for their own medical insurance. Oh, that's because independent contractor. That's why. Uh, they make them pay for their own medical insurance. And they say it's gotten better to do a yearly on their website, uh, which I have up right now. They do a yearly um physical 
<laughs> a yearly physical. Uh, right. Regular drug testing, like they say, regular gel testing. Now that that's testing for marijuana anymore. Uh, cognitive testing in the brain. Um, impact testing. Uh, health, they do healthcare referrals. Comprehensive medical and wellness staffing. Cardiovascular testing and monitoring. All that the wrestlers have to pay for on themselves. And, and and honestly, I mean, I, I must say, I must say, I I I recently separated my own paid for health care, mm-hmm. my salary, and was like, <laughs> so I can't imagine what theirs is. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. The cost that they're paying for themselves, not even just because they're gonna they're gonna use it because they're gonna get hurt, but because of the because of what they do and they are going to get hurt, theirs has to be way more than mine. Heck. Yeah. That's rough. And um there's no oh, they also have to pay for their own retirement plan. Get out their own pension. They have to pay for their own pension. Um, you know that you know the NFL, even though they just recently do does this, has a pension for their players if they play. Mind you, you have to get it if they play four years in a league, mm-hmm. but at least they have a pension. And when you lose the moral high ground to the NFL, you're shit. <laughs> you are absolute shit. The yeah. WWE has lost the moral high ground to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think this is. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I think there's a. I think there's a bit of a difference in that. <coughs> I think the entertainment part yeah. is the difference, right? It's still a physical. It is. Activity. I, and I, it's still I, physical I, activity. I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. But something tells me it's the entertainment. I could be wrong. If, if anybody, if anybody knows for a fact, because I surely don't, definitely, you know, comment, comment on the on the on the twitters, if you know. But I, I think it might be the, the entertainment factor. Unless, unless, unless something, unless people could say that you know the sports, the football is as as inter, as as much of an entertainment source. As wrestling, which I'm not saying it's not, honestly, it, it, it's a weird it, it, it's it's a weird classification because, like, okay, you're saying that the, it's the entertainment part. Well, mm-hmm. they could just join the Screen Actors Guild, but then WWE will go, no, it's a sport. But you just said it was entertainment. No, no, it's a sport. And I don't know which was a good question. I would like to ask someone who's. Who, who's a member of SAG or just right SAG? How come you don't classify professional wrestlers on television as being part of your union? Yeah, there's wrestlers mm-hmm. that have to join the union if they do something else other than um, professional wrestling on television. If they, you know, bit role, speaking role, and another uh, something else, but. I think if everyone decided, every professional wrestler in the WWE decided that, hey, let's all just join SAG. Let's just pay the thousand dollars down and the hundred bucks a year annual 
uh, the WWE would go, no, we're a sport. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a weird, it's it's a weird classification for it. I, I, like you say, because that was a whole thing. Like wrestling, professional wrestling, uh, to be able to perform in certain uh, arenas of certain towns in certain states, you would have to uh, be cleared by that state's um, sporting board. Mm-hmm. And um, WWE got around that by saying that. Pretty much saying that this is oh this is a pre-scripted event and um, we're sports entertainment we're not professional wrestling and they got around like all the state athletic boards they don't have to register with them but the, uh, certain states that do still have athletic boards other professional wrestling wrestling companies have to or events that go on independent wrestling events have to register particularly in Kentucky have to register with the, athlete, the state athletic board and have have mm-hmm. a doctor on staff and stuff like that even though the WWE has a doc, have multiple doctors on staff and have paramedics but others like smaller independent companies say you're running a one-off show in uh, Louisville Kentucky um, you gotta you gotta go through the state athletic commission you have to pay whatever fees you have to be approved you have to be a doctor even though this is stuff you should already have running an independent wrestling show but like if you don't have much money that that digs really into your pocket mm-hmm. and you might not come up even if you, the show goes off when i hitch <coughs> excuse me um you might not make that much money uh make that much money on that show you probably be in, in the red but the mm-hmm. WWE does have to worry about going to the state athletic uh, commissions. Those that still have one, because they just said, "Hey, we're sports entertainment." Right. So, <laughs> I mean, there's been talk, and again, there's been talk like uh, like uh, the politician Andrew Yang, what uh, thought he would get a uh, 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 some sort of cabinet position in the the Biden. Administration, and he said if he did, he would investigate WWE and uh, bring them before uh, Congress or something to question yeah. their independent uh, contractor status. But Andrew Yang didn't get into my administration um, and has no power. So <laughs> there goes that. I mean, this is, um, so yeah. Yeah. But it's still screwed up. It, it's especially like, like, these wrestlers start getting older and stuff. It's not a lot of uh, options they had unless they really scripted saved their money. Mm-hmm. Or they did something else, have something else to back it up. Right. And there's been some wrestlers that, that have come and gone that, that have gone on to other careers. Like we talked about uh, The Rock and John Cena and Batista. But those are bigger. Those are like the big stars of professional wrestling. Or um, like there was a wrestler, a Welsh wrestler named Mason Ryan, who now works for Circus Soleil. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does a Circus Soleil show, I think, in, uh, in uh, Las Vegas. I forgot what show it was. But nice. It's just not, uh, not, not everyone is able to fall back on that. Jesus Christ, the Miz is 41. God. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is 41. Jesus Christ. I'm telling you. Oh, man. <laughs> that real world, it was like they were kids and they were only, well, that's four years. That's high school. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, well, it was only filmed over a couple of months in the real world, so. And then wow. we got it, and then watching it was, you know, several months. Yeah. Jesus Christ, we're old. <laughs> no, not we. Not we. You, buddy. You. Well, you also want to hear about uh, how <laughs> WWE tries to crush its competition? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. All right. But what, before we go on to that, what, what was your final thoughts on pretty much the whole independent court? Because especially you... you, you I mean, you're, you're I the expert, but <laughs> I'm the expert. I think we separate. I think we separate our leisure uh, from the stuff that makes us very sad and very annoyed and very angry. We don't do a whole lot of thinking of of those who are responsible for our leisure. That's their job, and it's 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 what we consider our leisure that makes them tired and angry and irritated things like you know employment issues insurance injuries having having the authority to say what you want to do what you don't want to do i.e unionization that's their job Mm -hmm. so i think sometimes you know and you've seen it you've seen people at these wrestling matches acting insane to -hmm. people their jobs we i mean i think i think the nba has has the the players of the NBA have done the most, especially I guess LeBron James, because that's who we see. That's he doesn't necessarily he's the only one doing it, but that's who we see. If you are at a game where he is, mm-hmm. and you do something crazy, he is bringing the ref over to you. He's right. calling security during the game because you will not. Mm-hmm. And it's just really hard to accept that, especially you know. Wrestle or uh, superstar wrestling stuff, right? It's right. it's, it's <laughs> they don't have that protection, is what it is, honestly. Right. So I mean, I'm, yeah, and even like with professional wrestlers, they try to get a rise out of you. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's their purpose, whether they're a uh, face good guy or heel bad guy, they try to get a rise out of you. And um, if they're not doing it in the moment that you respond, though. Yeah, the, if, they're, if, they're, if they're playing to the script, the moment you the moment you decide, you will be risen. Right. And right. so it's you know, it's annoying. It's understandably annoying. That's all. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're also a professional. You can't you know, you can't throw a punch at somebody not trained to take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they teach you how to throw a punch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, what a, another thing the WWE do, does, they they hate competition. They, sure. they, they hate competition. <laughs> um like they, they want to be number one. Like even like like we talked about the Monday Night Wars uh excuse me, Monday Night Wars uh last episode uh between them and WCW. Um like the 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 Shots they would take at each at, at each other. I mean, it's mostly because you try to gain the best audience that you can. But like even right. now, like how WWE who who won the war, yeah, they did want to win the war. Um, tells the story it was like this, like this WCW big corporate mega mega uh, monopoly 
WCW uh, tried to destroy us. They tried to put my put us <laughs> out of business and lose all the web. It's like, no, there wasn't like there, no. They tried to be the number one WCW. <laughs> excuse me, like WWE tried to be the number one professional wrestling program and company, professional wrestling company in the United States. They were trying to have the number one program, number one wrestling program on television. They were trying to put you out of business. They tried to, it's like Coke trying to put Pepsi out of business or Pepsi trying to put Coke out of business. No, it's just, they just want to be number one. And some of the silly things that the WWE tried to do to to, to WCW, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like in 1996, Titan Sports, uh, the then the parent company of the World Wrestling Federation, before they came WWE, had sued World Championship Wrestling over WCW, implying that two of their wrestlers, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, like we mentioned in the last episode, who mm-hmm. worked for the WWF as Razor Mode and Diesel, were invading WCW on WWF's behalf. This led to a series of lawsuits filed by both companies as the Monday Night War was eaten up. The lawsuit went on for years and years, ending with a settlement in 2000. The most, it is an important settlement because one of the things that, one of the terms that came with the settlement was that it gave the WWF the right to bid or WCW's assets if the company was ever liquidated. So, we talked a little bit about the Monday Night Wars in the beginning and the Montreal Screwjob and how the Attitude Era started and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. as the years came on um, after 1997, the WWE started to hit their stride with Stone Cold Steve Austin and his evil Mr. McMahon character and McMahon throwing everything at uh, Steve Austin and then you had the uh, emergence of of Degeneration X, their their group in WWE. Um, like one of the things, one of the funny things DX did. There was um, they were doing a show. WWF was doing a show in um, I think Richmond, Virginia, and Nitro WCW Nitro was being was recording well doing a live show in Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So DX rented a Jeep, <laughs> put on camouflage, and went on over to the Norfolk uh Virginia Coliseum because they right. heard that WCW were handing out free tickets and they tried to get free tickets to go in the show. And the mm-hmm. security, WCW security was like Oh shit! That's them. It closed their door, so they're sitting over there like like DX is like we're going to war against WCW and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> and it was funny. There were there were like the fans were going crazy because like hey, because f- wrestling fans watch both shows. So like me, I watch both shows. I would flip back and forth. It was annoying at the time. It was like okay, they're on commercial. Raw's on commercial. Okay, w- WCW. Okay, they're on commercial. Let's go back and stuff like that. And <laughs> they were having fun with the fans, and they were being locked out of the arena. <laughs> so in like you had DX and um, the Rock was coming up with in the Nation of Domination and, and Mankind. So and at that same time, WCW, the NWO started to get a little stale because they were winning all the time. 
Like they're mm-hmm. the big match at Starcade with Hogan and Sting kind of ended in a dud because someone because the referee screwed up. They tried to imitate the Montreal screw job, and Brett was supposed to stop the fast count and uh, make it fair for Sting to beat Hogan, and they screwed that up. Um, it was a but it was a couple of things, and the only thing they really had. And, and, and the NWO split up. They came the NWO Hollywood, NWO Wolfpack, and the Wolfpack was supposed to be these, these, these good guys and stuff fighting against the NWO Black and White. Um, it, it was kind of coming a little bit stale, but the only thing they really had was this guy that just came out of the uh, of their training facility, WCW's tra- Wrestling Training uh, Academy, which they called the Power Plan. That was really kind of catching on a guy named Goldberg. Goldberg, and he was an ex-football player with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. He decided to pick. He 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 got cut. Couldn't play football no more. Decided to take this wrestling thing and try and like they, they kind of dressed the movies afterwards. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Also, <laughs> cars and pretty popular. And, yeah, yeah. Um. They kind of like they, they kind of like dressed him like Steve Austin. Steve Austin wore the black yeah. trunks and stuff, but he was different than Steve Austin. He just come in, kick yeah. your ass, and leave. But he didn't talk <laughs> because he wasn't wasn't that good on the mic. Very uh, respectful. But he was really respected. He was really starting to rack up this streak, and he was just going through guys over and over. It was like it's kind of exciting how long this girl could go on. And it went all the way up to him winning the WCW championship and um, um, beating Hollywood Hulk Hogan on an episode of Monday Nitro in 1998 um, in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Georgia Dome. And how WWE tells it and the retrospectives, like, how can you give away that big a match? give away that bigger match or free TV instead of that should have been a pay-per-view match. Like they were really stupid. Ha ha ha. It was like, no, they weren't really stupid for, for before during the Monday night wars for 83 weeks, WCW were beating Monday night raw consistently. Mm -hmm. And then the tide had turned and they've gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But WWE started to really get the upper hand and started winning for a few weeks. So WCW needed a win. Nitro needed a win, so they were like, okay, we got this Goldberg guy. He's going through everybody's talk about Goldberg. Let's put him up against Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the world title. And that got like 12 million viewers solidly beating Monday Night Raw because everyone wanted to see him. And that's what it counts because they got more money on the advertisers, the television shows. Nitro okay. and Raw got more money for advertisers than they did for pay-per-view buys. Oh, wow. So you're winning in the ratings, especially not only can you beat Raw, but you're also the number one sh- show on cable for Monday night that night at the uh, Goldberg beating uh, Hulk Hogan. Right. That's a lot of money to advertisers because everyone was like, because you advertisers two weeks in advance, everybody, yeah. all the advertisers want to get in. It was like, oh, hey, 12 million views, come on. Mm-hmm. So, and then it kind of went downhill and it went even worse. Uh, Eric Bischoff, the, the, the company's vice president, who was in charge of WCW, had gotten fired. 
Uh, mm. WCW had brought in Vince Russo. WWE's old. I remember I talked about Vince Russo. Yes. The preview. He was WWF's uh, head writer. Then he jumped ship, and it got really bad. And it was Raw was constantly beating Nitro, and and it was just Nitro wasn't WCW wasn't the same. It just right. really wasn't. And at that time, also you have. The merger you have Time Warner AOL's merger, Time Warner uh, AOL, uh, AOL at the time and and Turner Broadcasting's merger, so Ted Turner really has no more power. He sits on the board, he's a vice chairman, infamous, but he has really no more power, right. and also he can't protect the wrestling that he has loved and has brought him his ratings that really made TBS. A, a a really a, a super station at that time uh, a super station it okay. really built T, like TBS is the reason why TBS is on everyone's uh, television and has some sort of pay TV package is really off the backs of wrestling professional wrestling in yeah. Atlanta Braves baseball I believe this it is, so you have these new executives that really don't like professional wrestling they don't get it they don't like it, um, even though it's put in. To, they don't get it. They had they had to in their youth. They had to have been fans of professional wrestling. No, they weren't. The executives they brought in, they weren't fans of ah, uh, in professional their wrestling. In their not youth. even not even in their youth. These are that, corporate buddy. guys that. Are, nah, uh, buddy, I don't know about that. Everybody loves wrestling now. Yeah, but the, what what I what I've what I've heard about these executives they brought in at the time that WCW had went went under is that these guys didn't like professional wrestling and they were they trying to get it. and I'm sure I'm sure they may not have liked it but that dislike it's that and they wanted to get the NBA on okay. on um, TNT television they want to get the NBA they want to get more baseball games they want mm-hmm. to get baseball and potentially make a run for the NFL and how they view it is how can we have silly professional wrestling on our sports our sports side or TNT sports TBS sports how how can they people take us seriously we have this silly ass professional wrestling mm. so you have these low ratings that start to come in especially during two thousand. Um, so in the 2000, they're like, Hey, we're pulling plug, uh, TNT executives are, we're pulling the plug on WCW Monday Nitro and their other show, the secondary show, WCW Thunder or TBS. We're pulling the plug. So, and, and we don't want this, uh, WCW. And since we're pulling plug on those two shows, there's no point of having WCW anymore. So we get rid of it. So Eric Bischoff is trying to get a bunch of buyers, um, uh, together, uh, to be able to purchase WCW himself. And he mm-hmm. does. He does get the buyers, and he has the money ready to purchase it. But he wants Turner to keep the show on for another couple of months until they find another outlet to. Um, Put the show Monday Nitro on, even if they because they consider moving to Tuesdays. They were trying to contact other other networks to see or uh, independent uh, channels which are available mostly on pay television uh, to see if can we put Nitro on. And Turner was like, "Nope, we're not waiting. We're canceling them right now." They canceled them March two thousand one, 
And because there's no television, it's really a death nail to WCW because they have to have some sort of revenue coming in that the, the Bischoff deal was done. So they canceled both of the shows and they still have these assets that still need to sell it. So because of the lawsuit, guess who gets first dibs? Uh-oh. WWF, they end up purchasing oh, the assets of WCW in March 2001. Oh, then 2001. Okay, yeah, still WWF. So, yeah, they air the uh, last Nitro oh, show two weeks before WrestleMania 17, I told you. The be- mm-hmm. my, my, my opinion, one of the best WrestleManias out there, top to bottom. Um, and they do, they, they show uh, they they begin the show as they begin the first Monday Nitro on in 1995. Yeah, uh, Sting versus Ric Flair. Uh, Booker T <laughs> becomes the WCW the, the last technical WCW uh, World Heavyweight and United States Champion, and they do a simulcast. And during the whole show, Vince McMahon is on. Both TNT and USA, and at the end, the last 15 minutes, it's a simulcast of Monday Night Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro and Vince McMahon on both shows. Yeah. Simulcast. That's and a, it's, a dominance move. Yeah, declaring, I beat Turner, and I'm number one until his son showed up and go, I bought WCW, which is part of a storyline. Yeah, and true. also at that time, they had purchased the... Uh, uh, intellectual property and assets of Extreme Championship Wrestling ECW. Oh, so yeah, yeah uh, the wrestling wars of the nineties were over That's for that cool. point. So WWE is the only game in town at that point for a couple okay. of years. Well, for a year and around two thousand two. Um. Wrestling family Jeff and Jerry Jarrett, who had worked for Vince McMahon uh, before, um, father and son, been in wrestling business for a very long time, were having a fishing trip, and they were going like, because Vince McMahon wouldn't hire Jeff Jarrett back because Jeff Jarrett famously walked out on him mm-hmm. over a pay dispute, um, and they were like, "Well, WCW is gone. What we're we gonna do?" You know. Uh, we still want to be in the wrestling business, so they came up with the idea of uh, TNA Wrestling, Total Nonstop Action, and they just they started this company, and they were going to do it differently how other uh, companies do it because you had to have television. They were going to do a weekly pay per view, only charge three to five ninety nine per pay per view, and start oh. building up that. And eventually, they, they did, even though it was really slow going. But eventually, they got a TV deal. With um, uh, what was the name of that company? Well, I mean that news. Uh, I mean that channel. They eventually got a TV deal, and um, they were really considered uh, to be competition mm-hmm. for the WC. And they were really started off pretty. They had, a, they had a terrible start, but they didn't really start to pick up its stride when they started getting money, more money in and a little mainstream popularity in um, in a television deal. They kind of became the second biggest wrestling company 
in the United States. Oh, nice. And they got a Spike TV deal um, at the time. And um, they were, yeah, they were second, but really because of their old mishaps. <coughs> and um, yeah, pretty much their mishaps, they, they've fallen down. But okay. they didn't stop the D- WWE from like, well, them suing WWE. <laughs> right. uh, well, here's what happened on May twenty third, twenty twelve. Total nonstop action. TNA sued former employee Brian Wittenstein in WWE. The suit alleges that Wittenstein violated a non-disclosure disclosing agreement and share confidential information with the WWE, which represented a competitive advantage in negotiating the wrestling talent under contract with TNA. He was he was subsequently hired by the WWE, after which TNA asserted that Wittenstein violated the agreement by downloading confidential DNA trade secrets and providing information to WWE. Excuse me. Throughout WWE, also a WWE fired Wittenstein and learned TNA officials as to the disclosure information. TNA claimed that WWE had, WWE had access to the information for three weeks prior to the disclosure, and at, in this time, the WWE used secret contract information and attempted to poach their talent in violation of Tennessee's Uniform Trade Secrets Act. The lawsuit was formally withdrawn without prejudice by the plaintiff TNA on January 15, 2013 under a notice of voluntary non-suit, which offered no ruling on the merits of the suit and allowed TNA to potentially refile at a later date. Sounds like some cash exchanged hands. Or yeah, like yeah, something a little lower. Or just a deal. <laughs> they yeah. got paid to not continue the, not to not continue the issue. Yeah, and, and people were a little uh, not understanding what 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 I just read. And just I'll give you a quick layman celery. This guy comes in, Brian Wittenstein. He comes, he gets hired by the WWE. They give him information on when TNA's talent contracts expire and how much they're making. So it gives an advantage of oh, the WWE. This is how much. They were making a TNA. Okay. Um, they could just call a talent that they're interested in and just like, hey, uh, there's your contracts coming up pretty soon. Uh, how will we offer you this to come to WWE? Okay. So that's that's it. Can't do that. Yeah, can't can't do that at all. And um they, they just recently got sued by another company. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, on January 11, 2022, Major League Wrestling filed an antitrust lawsuit against WWE, accusing them of interfering in television and streaming deals and poaching talent. Throughout the lawsuit, it was disclosed that, the, in a, that in a streaming deal with the Fox Corporation owned to be was terminated due to WWE allegedly threatening to pull their programming from the sibling Fox Broadcast Network. The suit alleges that the WWE pressured Vice TV to do dro- to withdraw from negotiations right. with MLW. People on TV was uh, a very, very a free, mm-hmm. um, legit uh, viewing um, viewing company. But you can see just about any any movie you've ever seen ever mm-hmm. uh, on their website, and it's it's still free. But it sounds like they're making moves. So. Right. 
If you if you if you if you got to be now, watch all the movies you can because it sounds like you're gonna have to pay pretty soon. Yeah, and they're screwing with the company and Major League Wrestling. Uh, um, it, it's I like it. I like Major League Wrestling. It it, it gives it, it's another company that gives wrestlers an opportunity to be able mm-hmm. to be on a national stage. And if this is true, that like yes, like Fox has their their main show SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, having made show sacked on a Friday nights and to be uh, was supposed to be airing these major league wrestling shows, which major league wrestling doesn't have a television partner right now. Okay. Um, they just mainly like YouTube or streaming. And Tubi was like, hey, we'll, we'll show their shows. And not only that, that they were negotiating with Vice TV. Mm-hmm. And supposedly WWE came in and was like, no, don't put them on television. Now, I don't believe the Vice TV part because WWE, like Fox, doesn't own have anything to do with Vice TV, or I think if they do, very limited. Uh, Vice TV is taking shots with the, at the WWE before they, their their documentary series, the the Dark Side of the Ring. Their Vice TV's yeah. highest grossing show has gone after the WWE multiple times. I, I think it might have just something had broken down with with. Uh, the talks between MOW and Vice TV, but the 2B thing I totally believe. Okay. So, yeah, that's part of it. It's how they stifle competition. And, like, oh, it, it, another main, main uh, fact, but we'll get to that at, at, towards the end of the show. Um, there's a lot of crimes that the WWE committed. A lot of crimes. A, a lot of crimes or douchey shit. <laughs> but this next one is it? Oh boy, it, 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 it's hard and uh, even to talk about. And oh, man, it's still hard. Um, My gosh, the WWE investment man is is guilty and eligible over death of one of their wrestlers. Okay, uh, remember, well. First episode, we talked about Bret Hart. Yeah, we talked about how he was screwed over to Montreal Screwdrop again, and we talked about how his brother Owen couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get out of his contract. <coughs> that contributed to his death a couple of years later. Okay. At the. Uh, In the back in 1999, there was a pay per view uh, called Over the Edge. It was there. It was a. Sec- it was called WWF Over the Edge. It was second in to this day. It's final, and hopefully, you never hear that title ever again. Okay. Wrestling pay per view. It was held on May 23rd, 1999, at the Kipler Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's most infamous for being the event that Owen Hart had tragically passed away from an accident. Okay. So we talked about a little about like the Hart family. We talked about Brett in the last episode. I'm not going to read. And we talked a little bit about Owen in the last episode. So um, I'm not going to go too far into it. Okay. Uh, oh, but we'll just go to this incident. So Owen can't get out of his contract. He's he was uh, 
bounce around, still doing other, still do, working for the WWE, trying to finish out his contract, um, bounce around for different characters and stuff, well, different matches and stuff like that. So, um, he had the character he was betraying shortly before he passed away was the character he played when he first came into the WWE, the character of the Blue Blazer. Okay. It was kind of a superhero gimmick, the Blue Blazer. And, um, but this revived gimmick, he was parroting other wrestlers, not just wrestlers in WWE, but wrestlers like in WCW and ECW. So that night at Over the Edge, Owen Hart, as the Blue Blazer, was to challenge the Godfather for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Now, um, he was supposed to come to the ring um, for the match. He's supposed to be emulating uh, a wrestler in WCW Sting. We, I had mentioned Sting before. And mm-hmm. what Sting was doing, he when the NWO was at its peak, Sting was betraying. Like, like you know who Sting is. I right? know who Sting is, yes. Like he's, 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 yeah. Black and white painting on his face. Yeah, he, he was emulating the crow. Like before, like he was he was kind of emu- the movie The Crow, uh Brandon mm-hmm. Lee paint his face, vengeance. I never got vengeance. That. Yeah, he was that was oh, a whole, I never got that. Yeah, yeah, he was emulating the movie The Crow. Uh The Crow in nineteen ninety four and some sequels, putting on the black the black and white face paint, it being this mm-hmm. Avenger. And it was supposed to be the Avenger for WCW Apple Sting was betrayed. Um, even though before he had always wore face paint, but it was kind of mm-hmm. he was kind of like a surfer dude. It was a little weird because he was like he was supposed to be like this surfer dude, like like bodybuilder, uh, fan favorite, but he wore face paint. Like I didn't, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is funny. This is not gonna get too much into it. But Sting was still cool. It didn't matter. Right. Sting was still cool. But because of this ongoing war. They wanted to emulate, wanted to emulate Sting, his ring entrance, by descending from the arena's rafters in a ring. See, that's what Sting was doing. He was descending from the rafters of the arena all the way down to the ringside and would fight off the NWO or whatever or do whatever. And like Vince was like, well, we got to make fun of that. So, oh, and you did it. Do it. Um, the entrance was successfully tested on November 15, 1988 episode of Sunday Night Heat, uh, which was a pre-show for that year's Survivor Series. However, during this descent and over the edge, like, let, let me, before we get to that, um, Sting was, they had a, they had a professional group that was always, that would test the ropes constantly, constantly before Sting would get in there. And it also would train Sting on what to do. So there was safety, there was a safety harness, and there was backup safeties. So it was like, it was this constant testing and making sure everything was safe, because Sting was safe and nothing bad would happen to him. Right. The WWE, um, I'm just going to say, they cut fucking corners. On this, they got a guy that said he worked with the company that does the harness and the repels for Sting. Come to find out, he did it only once, and he got him to do it for this show. Okay, and he kind of didn't know they had cheap equipment. 
It's stuff like that. And according to Dark Side of the Ring, um, they did an episode of the Death All and Hard. Um, the clip, the safety clip that they get on was not the proper safety clip for rappelling down from the rafters. Okay. It was a cheap, like you you know, like kind of the 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 clip, the big huge clips, like like for rock climbing. You yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. This was kind of like a cheap clip that you buy like on a keychain never good that's not you can't use that for any type of rock climbing or repelling or any whatsoever yeah and even before the match owen had reservations from like people who were there that night and like um like one of the fan, like there was a fan that had, was always around for shows in Kansas City and stuff like that in the Midwest, and he got to know a few of the wrestlers. He became really friendly with Owen, and um, he went to pick up Owen from the airport to bring him to the arena. And he really didn't want to get to the arena that early, but they kept on calling him to get him that early because he figured if I don't get to the arena that early, they won't ask me to do it. Right. But they did, so we had to take him to the arena. And what he, the, this guy had said, it was like, Owen really didn't want to do this. But he had to do it anyway. So he got up over the harness before the match. Um, before the match got started, he got into the harness. A, a cable disengaged from the safety vest he wore, and he fell more than 70 feet Gosh. from the rafters onto the ring as he fell. He landed chest first on the top rope. Oh my God. The incident was not seen by TV viewers. The pre recorded interview video was shown at the start of Hart's descent. Then the broadcast returned live, and the cameras quickly turned away from the ring to the audience. <coughs> Excuse me. Soon after, Jim Ross, one of the commentators of the event, informed pay per view viewers that, all, that Hart had fallen from the rafters and that the incident was not part of the entertainment and that it was a real situation. Ross's broadcast partner, Jerry Lawler, immediately ran into the ring to check on her and was visibly shaking when he returned to the announce table on air, saying soberly, so, soberly, it doesn't look good at all. Of course not. The MTs came down to the ring and gave Hart CPR, but he showed no response to the treatment. Bringing out Hart, bringing Hart, Part out on a gurney. The EMTs boarded the heavily injured wrestler onto the ambulance and took him to the nearby Truman Medical Center in, in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And even before the the EMS the EMS got out there, and from what people who were in the audience say that he fell, hit the buckle, tried to get back up, and couldn't get up. Right, it just collapsed back. So at 7.59, the Central Standard Time, Hart arrived at Truman Medical Center. At this point, he was not technically dead, considering his Glasgow considering his Glasgow coma scale, a system used to measure neurological functions, was listed at 3 out of 15. 3 is the lowest possible score, meaning eye, verbal, motor functions. Each receive a score of 1, thus totally 3. The GCS of three in medical speak refers to imminent death or that death has already occurred. The initial reading from the cardiac monitor indicated that he was acetone, meaning that he had no detectable heart activity at all. However, mere seconds later, there were signs of pulseless electrical activity, meaning his heart was not beating, but faint electrical activity was still detectable. Detectable. At this point, nurses no. begin calling out observations to the doctor on the apparent lifeless body of Hart to Dr. Michael Tucker. Hart's skin had turned blue. 
His lips were colorless and his skin was cold. Nurses also reported he had no bowel sounds and his abdomen was soft. Nurses also noticed he had suffered an apparent open fracture above his left elbow and a cut below, but these wounds were of little concern on the medical staff at the moment. Nevertheless, the medical staff persisted on and pumped Hart's unresponsive body with a federating and attempted to stimulate his heart. Still, no pulse was detected, even though his heart still showed signs of slight electrical activity. Outside the waiting room, former wrestler Harley Race paced anxiously awaiting word on heart. He would later be joined by Jeff Jarrett, which we mentioned earlier, who participated early that night in an event. By the end of the night, a very, a varied, a variety of concerned wrestlers who numbered close to two dozen had arrived to get information on Hart's condition. At 807, a final dose of ephedrine and ephedrine and aeropine. I'm screwing this up. Went into Hart's right uh, femoral line. After four minutes, he was still unresponsive. CPR was formed the f- final few minutes of his life, but the doctors determined that all recitation res- res- efforts were futile. 13 minutes after arriving at the medical center, 33 minutes after the fall, all work at heart on heart had stopped. At 8.12 p.m., heart was pronounced dead at the age of 34. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets even worse. After the event, after the incident, the event was halted for 15 minutes while Vince McMahon and LWF corporate officials decided to continue the event. Wow. Hart's co-workers, professional wrestlers, other miscellaneous workers appeared sober after Hart's fall as they continued to do their jobs. An hour after the event restarted, Ross informed the pay-per-view viewers that Hart had died at the age of 34 at a nearby hospital. Wow. Fans and attendants were not told any information about what had happened to Hart, and they did not hear the announcement of his death. I'm quoting Jim Ross. Ladies and gentlemen, early tonight here in Kansas City, tragedy befell the World Wrestling Federation and all of us. Old Hart was set to make an entrance from the ceiling, and he fell from the ceiling. I have the unfortunate responsibility to let everyone know that Owen Hart has died. Owen Hart has tragically died from the accident here tonight. Wow. And they kept going. That's, you know, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. At the least. <laughs> the very least. What, what, what did they say after, after that? Like, I'm, I'm sure, and I'm talking about like years after, like what, what responsibility was taken, if any? Well, from what from what a lot of uh, sports sports reporters and wrestling reporters afterward, the, well, afterwards what it said was in the immediate aftermath that the show should have stopped and that the mm-hmm. Kansas City, Missouri Police Department should have came in, canceled the event, got everyone out of there, and treated the ring like it was a crime scene. Because yes, it was a damn crime scene. This was a negligible mm-hmm. act done by a damn company, done by a guy who didn't want to be up there using shoddy ass equipment that failed on him and he died as a result. This is a right. this was a homicide. Well, it was a homicide. A homicide in terms of not not purposeful intent necessarily, but um it's involuntary irresponsib- manslaughter. Right. Okay. Irresponsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. 
it, it was involuntary manslaughter at the at, at the earliest. So what happened immediately afterwards? Well, one, WWF canceled the encore presentation of Over the Edge via pay per view. They also canceled four live events in Canada, one in Illinois. Mm-hmm. The 1999 Over the Edge event has never officially been released on VHS or DVD due to or due to Hart's death. The event was in turn discontinued, and its pay per view slot was replaced by Judgment Day in 2000. In 2014, the event was shown in edited form on WWE's online streaming service, the WWE Network. All mentions of the Blue Blazer character were removed from Sunday Night Heat pre-show when the episodes of the show were added to the WWE Network in 2018. While the Blue Blazer gimmick was also removed from the video game, WWF Attitude, which also features a tribute to him on the game's startup. Mm-hmm. On May 24th, 1999, the day following his event, tributes to Hart were held on Raw is War, Monday Night Raw, which was held in St. Louis, and WCW Monday Nitro, which was held in Greensville, South Carolina. Eric Bischoff tells how he informed Brett, who was working for WCW at that time. Um, Brett was on a plane when Owen had died. And so he's like, like, Bischoff found out about it. Eric Bischoff found out about it. He tries to call around trying to find Brett. No one can find Brett. He's like, oh, he's on a plane. So you get the plane number, and they have the airline contact the pilot and tell him to tell the stewardess to tell Brett that when you get on uh, off when the plane lands, get off the plane and go wait in the uh, uh, the tarmac. Like uh, they didn't tell him what had happened. So he Brett gets off the plane. They land. Brett gets off the plane. I think this is South Carolina. Um, Eric Bischoff is waiting for him, um, and he tells him. Okay. He doesn't go too much into that when when it happened. He said it was between him and him and Brett. But Brett okay. turns around, gets the plane, and heads back. Uh, I think he heads to Kansas City. Um, the WWF tribute show all storylines and rivalries are stopped. The wrestlers were given the option to wrestle or not. The show also included interviews and testimonials from his co-workers and highlights of the professional wrestling career. Mm-hmm. The fact they were allowed to leave Kansas City is an absolute... Again, this is, this is a crime scene. No one's leaving fucking Kansas City. They never should have been a Raw that night. It should have been just a pre, just a whatever retribute show, or whatever. But whatever. So Owen's funeral takes place at May thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. It was attended by family members, friends, and over three hundred wrestlers who were acquainted with him. Following the funeral, Hart was buried in Calgary's Queens Park Cemetery later that day. Three weeks after the event, his widow, 
children and parents sued the WWF for calling Owens deaf with a poorly planned stunt they claimed that was the hardest system was defective. After the court case had right. extended one and a half years, a settlement was reached on November 2nd, 2000, when WWE agreed to pay his widow, children, and parents $18 million. The manufacturer of the hardest system uh, had also been named as a defendant in the case will be dismissed from the case after the settlement was reached. Each or a total of? Uh, total. Eight. eight uh, yeah. $18 million. Okay. Yeah. And and I don't I don't blame his, his widow, Owen Hart's widow and his children that want nothing to do with the WWE ever again. Sure. There's been yeah. like literally this push to have Owen um inducted to the Hall of Fame. His family has said no. He's even kind of split his his, his Owen's widow and his kids and even Brett, because Brett, like I can see Brett's point of view, they wants his brother honored and not mm-hmm. forgotten about. But at the same time, it's like we're not dealing with this company right. that is the cause of his death, needless right. death. He didn't need to. He didn't need to do go up there and do that. Right. And Owen Hart is inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, he has he has a plaque. It's a physical bill. I don't know if they opened it because they moved from Iowa to New York City, and they were supposed mm-hmm. to have a grand opening of, of the, the physical building because the WWE Hall of Fame has no physical building, but the Pro Wrestling Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame has a physical building, and they shared it with huh. the Amateur Wrestling Hall of Fame. But then they get okay. moved to get their own building in New York City. It was supposed to open. Um, in 2020, but hey, the pandemic happened. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, I'm not sure if it's open now. So, um, yeah. Um, but what they did, they also did some good with the money. Um, she, uh, his widow, Owen Hart's widow, uh, used millions of the settlement to establish the Owen Hart Foundation, um, which help, which helps out uh, needy kids um, in um, the in Canada. Okay. It, it's 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 a good it's a good foundation. Um, I would encourage everyone to go online and find out more about the foundation yourself. And um, donate Mm -hmm. to the foundation. So, yeah. He killed a guy. (laughs) Their own guy. And it's just egregious that that they, they continue to... It's like, oh, the show must go on. The show must go on. A guy died needlessly, and you just yeah. <coughs> right. Fifteen minutes, all right. Get back out there. Like people were so wrestling on the blood spot. It seems like there, in in their history of very unfortunate things happening, it's like 
ignoring it is seen as uh, more preferred than prioritizing it. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, the only reason we can assume being proud, mm-hmm. keeping the concentration on, you know, being able to still profit from their, their business, as opposed mm-hmm. to the live people that make the business profitable. Right. It seems but then it goes back to, is this accepted right. by people who consider themselves fans? Is this uh-huh. accepted? Yeah, and like, it, and Owen is probably the most egregious one we can, like, I think of, of, of just negligence by the WWE um, to protect your athletes. Uh, protect the people who make you your money. There was no reason why he should have been up in that harness just so you can make fun of your competition. Again, going back to your competition, screw your competition, worry about yourself. And someone gives reservations about doing something they won't, they don't do. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it just the, the, the <laughs> it, 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 it's not that the, that's not the only one. Um, let me give you a list of, of professional wrestlers that have passed away that's worked for the WWE. Here, here, let me just give you a Lance Cade, Crash Holly, Chris Candino, Test, Yokozuna, Umaga, Eddie Guerrero, Davy Boy Smith, Ashley Mazzino, Moreno. God, so many damn names. So many goddamn names. It's a lot of them. It's a lot yeah, of it's them. it's so many, it's so many names. It's so many names. Uh, Brian Pillman. It's, at 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 of names. Yeah. What is left? I don't know. What what, what are you? Just us. I'm saying. Or at, at the end of the list of nights. So what, as a as yourself, who is a a substantial fan of the sport, not just of this institution, but of the sport. Mm-hmm. What do you think should be done? One is to give them health care. Classify themselves as employees. Mm-hmm. Um, classify these guys as employees. T- take care of these guys when they're working under you, and not just WWE, but any comp- wrestling company or anything you do. Take care of your people because they're the mm-hmm. ones that's making you money. And just and, and the fact that just and, and, and even like Bret Bret Hart said it best. He was. He, he says, like, oh, like you, you work these guys to the death, and, and when you're done with them, you, you, you got nothing for them. I, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not, you got mm-hmm. nothing for them. It's just you take them out back, put a bullet in their head, and throw them away. And that's what Vince mm-hmm. McMahon in his business does to people. Like, how many people have been said that, like, oh, is it easy? Like, Ronnie Piper said, he's an easy entrance plan. It, it, it's right. an easy entrance plan, but exit plan, we ain't got shit for you. 
Yeah. I mean, these are guys that they're dying three times the rate of NFL players. Right. Three times the rate of NFL players. Even like, God, it's, it's just so, man, it, all these people, and I'm looking at these names, and and all these people, like, these are people I grew up on. These are people who have entertained me over the years, and now most of them are gone. Mm. They're gone. They're not here. And even the ones that are still here. Like, like you know Jake the Snake Roberts, right? Yes. Hello. Yeah, Jake the Snake. Yeah. yeah well, he in, guy I grew up watching over years and years and years, and, and like last, and, and and after he was out wrestling on the blind light, he went through some rough times, and now he's clean. And stuff and there's a documentary, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. And like he his role to try to get clean and get himself um together. Um but one of the things he needed shoulder surgery. And he didn't have money for for surgery mm-hmm. himself. So they put him they put it on GoFundMe. And within twenty like in Two hours, they raised seven thousand dollars, and within okay. four hours, they reached their goal of ten thousand dollars. And these are money okay. given by the fans, and yeah, and it's heartwarming. Wow. It made you want to cry watching it, and just like because he's like, I guess, I guess these people didn't forget about me, and they cared about me. He's yeah. like, yeah, because you you're part of our your memories. You entertained us. You made us feel something watching you. And you say you needed help and we're going to help you, but we shouldn't have to be that help. You earned that. That's basic decency. This is a company that last year they reported over a billion dollars in revenue. Right. This is a company important over a billion dollars in revenue. This is a company that got for a five-year deal over a billion dollars from Fox Corporation just so they can right. run their show SmackDown. This is a company that's gotten $2 billion from fucking Saudi Arabia. Right, goodness. Two Damn near $2 billion in blood money. But Yikes. you can't take care of, you can't give a pension to these guys. Nope. Why? Because you're fucking greedy. Is, it, is, much, is it just it's it's greed? It's, it's just, greed. He doesn't give a fuck just, about these guys. Yeah, it is greed. I'm not it saying it's just, I'm saying it's only greed. Well, it's capitalism. This <laughs> is it is I mean, capitalism, but it, it's filthy greed. Of course, but yeah, 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 yeah. This true. is a this is a company that fired a hundred over the last 
three years, 134 uh, 34 superstars. Yeah. And called it budget cuts. Y'all ain't believe that, money? And I'm sure that's... I'm sure yeah, they exactly. said it was budget sure cuts. Mm -hmm. They weren't bleeding money. <laughs> but that's the WWE. So, but, but before we leave you, I'm, I have to. There's got to be some good news. <laughs> there's got to be some light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, all this darkness. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Rest. It, you want to watch wrestling with all this bad news? <laughs> yeah. There's real competition. Okay. There's real competition. And it's been real competition for three years. So I told you about TNA, right? And them shooting themselves in the foot. So there was a lot of us wrestling fans that need, wanted to watch an alternative because not only you had all this horrible shit happen with the WWE, also the WWE is not really listening to their fans. They're just giving us what well Vince McMahon and his band of writers were were giving us. They were giving us more entertainment than we were asking for wrestling. So of course people start looking for an alternative. We sort of found it. In two okay. unlikely places. One of the places we found it was this little small company that started after WCW and ECW mainly fall, fell was a company called Ring of Honor. Okay. You ever, you ever, you ever heard of it? No, no, no. Mm. <laughs> I, I think I've not seen a match, but I think I've seen it online. I think I've seen it online um, being, what's the term? Uh, I've seen it online being mentioned or not, yeah. not commercial, but, you know, I've seen, I've seen something about it. Right. Uh, well, Ring of Honor, uh, it, it, it was a promotion, wrestling promotion defined by, founded by Rob Feinstein in 2002. Um, he, Rob Feinstein, was um, uh, the owner of RF Videos. RF Videos were, they did the tapes for uh, Extreme Championship Wrestling. Okay. So it, you wanted to buy the Extreme Championship Wrestling uh, pay-per-view or compilation tape, you had to go through RF Video. So they needed okay. a new promotion for its video sales uh, because Extreme Championship Wrestling was their number one tape seller. So it went out okay. of business at WWF purchased the absence. So our video, um, also videotape events held at other less popular regional wrestling promotions as it sold through its catalog or website. Uh, they they tried to get, they tried to join Combat Zone Wrestling CZW, um, okay. but it didn't work out so Rob Feinstein decided to fill the ECW void by starting his own pro wrestling promotion and distributing its tapes it's made for D DVD VHS tapes exclusively through them so he started Ring of Honor and okay. it started with um, some just some local indie guys guys that were picked up by WWE um, he had ended up selling it to another guy and eventually ended up in the hands of St. Clair Broadcasting and not okay. only that, it's growing and growing and growing. And it's still, like, with State Clair Broadcasting, um, right-wing 
broadcasting studios goes all the right way bent, but they bought this wrestling company and they were able to get it on some of the television stations. <clears throat> and there was a lot of guys that came out of Ring of Honor that ended up going to mainly the WWE becoming big stars. Like I mentioned CM Punk. Um, you ever heard of Seth Rollins? Yes. Seth Rollins came out of uh, Ring of Honor. Um, Kevin's, uh, Kevin Owens came out of Re- Ring of Honor. Sami Zayn came out of Ring of Honor. Um, a lot of guys that got signed to WCW. And there was a lot of people who didn't get signed to WCW that came out of Ring of Honor. Christopher Daniels. Um, AJ Styles. Um Samoa Joe, even though he eventually went to WWE eventually later on. Um, They ended up going to uh, TNA and and International. And during that time, and especially like toward the later years, and I also forgot Daniel Bryan. You ever heard of Daniel Bryan? No. Uh, You ever heard of Yes Chant? No. No, okay. Daniel, <laughs> coming out of my era. You're coming out of my era, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's he's he's wrestling now, Daniel Bryan. Well, he's well, known that's as Bryan. You're out of my era. That's so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they made a kind of a partnership with um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. And New Japan was during that time when they made this partnership was kind of we're we're going through their own gore page too. Even though New Japan. Professional wrestling had been around for a while. And I told you Japanese wrestling is a little bit different. Like, different than the American wrestling. It's more athletics and a hard, like a hard-hitting style. Now right. is a harder-hitting style. Um, they were going their own thing, too. Like, remember last episode I mentioned Antonio Inoki? Yes. Like, Antonio Inoki for a long period of time and what one of the things that he was doing was um he saw how big mixed martial arts were getting uh-huh. and he wanted to infuse that with professional wrestling so he had his professional wrestlers actually fight mixed martial artists in real fights oh wow and sometimes the wrestlers get messed up right bad because cool. most of them are not mixed martial artists so they finally get pushed Anoki out and a new company comes in and takes over New Japan, and they have to start rebuilding from the ground up. So they really start using younger Japanese wrestlers who literally are now almost household names. One right. of the most famous names, Shinsuke Nakamura, okay. the king of strong style. He now works for the WWF as Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> uh, Tadahashi, uh, the ace, the the global ace, uh, a guy named uh, Tsutsuka Okada, who's their current champion. And they start bringing in um, foreign wrestlers from the United States and Great Britain and Canada and Australia. And they started, like, we're starting to really pay attention to this. They really started to pay attention to a, like, it really started to go big. It was from this match, um, Dave Meltzer, who's a wrestling journalist and historian, has been doing this for 40 years. He has a rating system of who their best matches are, and he gives us a five-star for the best best matches. 
Right. Uh, it's a one to five stars. And he ends up giving six stars to this match between Desuchika Okada and a guy named Kenny Omega. Okay. From Canada. And I seen the match myself after he gave the ratings and I was like, whoa. Okay. This is one of the best matches ever. And Kenny Omega is a part of this group, this uh, foreign heel group called the Bullet Club. Now, you know the NWO? Yes. And you know the D- and Degeneration X, right? Yes. Now, put them together with a bunch of 19-year-olds. Yikes. <laughs> That's the Bullet Club. And the Bullet Club is really picking, picking up. Okay. So people were buying their shirts. So it was like like they were buying so many of these shirts that during a WrestleMania, I think um, the last one they did in Miami, um, I forgot the number. Um, the WWE executives were giving other corporate sponsors um, like tours and stuff, giving them free tickets, riding them, and dining them. And one of the corporate sponsors they had was. Um, Jesus Christ, I just had the name of, of this the company. Uh, not Spencer Gifts. Um, Hot Topic. There we go. Hot wow. Topic. Because they wanted to expand and have more, more than merchandise in Hot Topic stores. Right. So one of the executives of Hot Topic was uh, walking around watching like these wrestling fans go in to watch WrestleMania and he happened to ask uh, the executives of WWE, including Stephanie McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon's daughter, and right. his, his and her husband, Triple H, what's all this Bullet Club stuff going around? Is that her real life husband? Yes, that's her real life husband. Yes, okay. they have three kids. <laughs> Actually, but real funny, Vince McMahon's grandson, Shane's son, just got signed on uh, to Indiana University as a quarterback. Oh, got a full scholarship. What? Uh, so they asked what this Bullet Club stuff is. They had to embarrassingly tell him, like, oh, that's not our not our group they they work for new japan and ring of honor so hot topic agrees to put wwe merchandise in but he also contact new japan and ring of honor and they were like hey we would like to sell your bullet club stuff and they were like here go take it take as much as you want <laughs> so and not only that the independence has started to pick up more people started going to independent shows so during this time Dave Meltzer is talking about this the, all this stuff is like hey WWE's got like other commentators are going WWE has competition he has to go and Dave Meltzer goes no they don't there's no other company that that has sold out a uh, building with more than uh, 10,000 people right so Cody Rhodes the son of Dusty Rhodes. We talked about Dusty last episode. Mm-hmm. And two guys, Nick and Mac Jackson, who are the tag team, the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. hear what Dave Meltzer has to say. It says, I will take that bet. We bet that we could sell out an arena with more than 10,000 people okay. for one event. Because at the most, the most that it sold out for wrestling uh, company that were not WWE was like 7,000, 8,000 people for a Ring of Honor show. And no one's done over 10,000 since WCW went out of business. It was done 10,000 has been WWE. So they were like, okay. So they start looking for a city and a uh, arena that can host 10,000 people. Right. 
They finally just they finally pick one out. The Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Right outside Chicago. They call the event all in. The event sells out in four hours. Their gate is over eleven thousand people. Okay. Plus, they also get paid television rights. Plus, the, their pre-show is put on WG in America. The event is a hit. It happens in on uh, two thousand eighteen. Right. How do I know? I was there. <laughs> yeah. And also was there was a guy named Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan, his father, Amir Khan owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Fulham football team in the English, uh, well, right now the English football championship, but the English Premier League. So they get together and was like, hey, how'd you like to start a new wrestling company? Because you figured like, hey, Ring of Honor in New Japan would get even bigger because of this, but because Ring of Honor is owned by St. Clair Broadcasting, they only get a certain amount of money per year for their production costs and traveling costs, and it doesn't go up no matter how much money Ring of Honor makes because right. of how little St. Clair Broadcasting thinks of it. And New Japan Pro is Japan. It's foreign. Right. So they decide to start another wrestling company. And mind you that the WWE is trying to sign Cody Rhodes Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, another wrestler, Hangman Page, another wrestler, Marty Squirrel, pretty much the entire American Bullet Club. Because there's a Japanese Bullet Club and American Bullet Club. I'm not going to go into that. So decide <laughs> to start up this new professional wrestling organization. And they call it All Elite Wrestling. And they get a okay. television deal. With T with uh Time Warner, the same company that said that wrestling sucked and it didn't work it on their television right. comes back 20 years almost 20 years later. It's like gotta get into the deal late. <laughs> like we want wrestling because television has changed. The executives who didn't that, that canceled the WCW Monday Nitro are gone. They see the changing landscape of television wrestling. If it was WWE, how bad it get? It still gets solid numbers, right? So they're like, if we could get those numbers, at least half of those numbers, we're in good shape. Right. So Elite Wrestling debuts on uh, Wednesday nights. Their show Dynamite, and WWE doesn't like this, so they put their uh, supposedly a developmental show um, NXT on the same night at the same time too. So they start what they call the Wednesday Night Wars. Spoiler alert, All Elite Wrestling wins. <laughs> NXT has to move to Tuesday nights. Right. And not only that, the before the pandemic, the independents are getting even better. TNA is a couple of years before this was bought out by Anthem's, Anthem Sports in Canada. They renamed mm-hmm. themselves Impact Wrestling. They're in a, they were in a working re- agreement with uh, All Elite Wrestling. Um, the NWA, I told you, gets a little Billy Corgan comes in and buys it. They get a little help from uh, the All In pay-per-view. Uh, right. They get a weekly show 
on YouTube and then they moved to Fight TV. Now they're back on YouTube. Uh, Major yeah, League Wrestling gets a little boost. The wrestling. Huh? I said, I still can't believe Billy Corgan brought a freaking wrestling league. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's everybody I want. I just want to yeah. do stuff that people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> when he said he was a fan and NWA is a little different, they kind of like old timey 1970s type wrestling. You know, it, it, it's okay. Some of it, they got a lot of problematic people to work there, but hey, I mean, that's different show, different day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be I'm going to buy Pharma Flamingos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Major League Wrestling gets a little bump, even though they're not associated with everyone because everyone wants some sort of wrestling show. They almost get show on Vice TV. Uh, the Dark Side of the Ring debuts uh, their documentary series. They get, they're the highest rated show on Vice TV. Um, the yeah. only like ones that really suffer is kind of like Ring of Honor because everyone posts their talent. But just a month ago, month or so ago, Tony Khan just bought Ring of Honor Wrestling. <laughs> he bought Ring of Honor, so they were about to because everyone's feared Ring of Honor is going to go out of business. And Ring of right. Honor is, even though they're a small wrestling company, they really the style of wrestling that you see today on WWE and uh impact wrestling and all elite wrestling in, in a little bit japan even though they kind of took it from japan the type of wrestling you see now is influenced by ring of honor and like ring of honor lost most of their talent and he and st Clair really didn't care about it so we thought they were going to go under and they didn't and okay. uh now they're saved tony Khan came and saved it so there's an option for everyone wrestling is right. professional wrestling is back just because the WWE with the crimes or whatever, or the way they tell stories and crap like that, which has been their stop and go storylines and stuff, and only uh, pushing a couple of people. If you don't like that, you can watch All Elite Wrestling. You don't like All Elite Wrestling, you can watch NWA. If you don't like that, Impact, New Japan, uh, other wrestling, Independence. You can watch what you want and don't be a dick about it. A lot of options. Be a dick about it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's options. And as much as bad the WWE has done, it's still I still enjoyed the last WrestleMania. I'm still gonna watch it when it's good. When it's bad, I'm gonna complain about it because I love professional wrestling. When all elite wrestling is bad, even though that's the wrestling show I predominantly watch every week, week after week. If it's bad, I'm gonna complain about it. If it's good, I'm gonna freaking love it. I love this sport okay. All right. but I highlighted some of the bad for you and it's just like in football and everything there's bad to it but you take what's good and you fight for what is good okay alright that's a but, that's, yeah. that's the best fairest point of view yeah and don't be a dick about it so that don't was <laughs> yeah that was the dark side of the WWE uh, and sports entertainment part two. Ooh, just as long as it was. That's how dark it was. Hell of yeah, dark. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> oh man, any closing thoughts on that? Oh my gosh, you know, I think I think especially during this time of uh, COVID, and we're we're uh, whether, whether 
heard it or not, whether you believe it or not, we're on the way back to uh, a rise in in in, in viruses out here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're in a rise, and so people are going to be looking for stuff again. Right. People are going to you know sit it out for a minute and look for stuff again. And wrestling's going to be one of those things, especially after a show like this that puts it in in such a perspective of not just something made up but it's people's right. lives it's, it's people's jobs which means it is people's lives right right so i think i think that this conversation was very important because you know just 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 like we see factory workers lives being threatened when their employers don't 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 uh, renew the mask mandate on the floor, people are giving each other COVID all around the factory, right? The same thing is it's happening here in terms of people's safety, right? In terms of people's just safety, yeah. So and I think I think it I think the it matters. I, I think yeah. with, with the entertainment that's legitimate, all the other stuff matters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just, especially during that pandemic, man, it was just sitting there alone. Wrestling kept me sane. Yeah. Wrestling was one of the things that kept me sane. And, like, I don't enjoy talking about the dark side of it, because you can even hear me when I was talking about the old heart death. That still kind of affects me. It's 20-something it years was, later. It did, but it's necessary. It's necessary yeah. to talk about mm-hmm. It's necessary, or else, or else some of the things that put... By things I mean basic some of the mm-hmm. basic feelings of some of the bad decisions that, that threaten people's lives can it threatens our lives every day. We don't have yeah. to be uh, right. Right. And so. like so yeah, so lastly with terms of wrestling, uh support, go out, find out more information on the order heart uh uh Foundation, um, support it, donate to it. Also, uh, another professional wrestler, Sammy Sade in the WWE, uh, does he's been doing this charity for a very for a long time. Sammy for Syria, he raises money for Syrian uh, refugees and people living in, in the affected war areas in Syria. Not a lot of news outlets are talking about Syria. The Syrian civil war and the massacres in Syria are still going on to this day. And you have guys like Sami Zayn that is giving not only his money in his time, um, in his it, 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 it put his neck out there for these Syrian uh, refugees. So go to SamiForSyria.com, donate as much as you can. Uh, tell, give this to as many, tell as many people as you possibly can about this organization. Give them to donate. Do uh, do mass fundraisers for all you can. The Syrian civil war. I mean, a lot of people paying attention. What's going on in Ukraine? And what's going on in Ukraine is horrible. But the Syrian civil war. A lot of things you see in 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 Ukraine. They've been tried out in a Syrian civil war for fifteen years. And a lot of this bloodshed you're seeing in Eastern Europe, they've been doing it in Syria for a very long time. And those people still need your help, and they still need they still need your prayers, and still need your thoughts. So donate to there's other organizations out there that's helping Syrian refugees, but the one I know mainly about is uh, Save Me for Save Me for Syria. Uh, dot com. Uh, this guy's a good guy, a great professional wrestler, and even better human being. This man's damn near saint. He's given he's his own money to help these people out. So please donate okay. to Sammy Fitzgerald and also the Old Heart Foundation. Um, 
I almost forgot about uh, the Owen the Owen Hart Memorial Cup is uh, tournament is coming on uh, on Elite Wrestling in the next couple of weeks, and uh, they'll be making donations to the Owen Hart Foundation um, and, and presenting the winner uh, the winner uh, the Owen Trophy. So Owen Hart's family is still involved with wrestling. They're not involved with the WWE. They're involved with AEW. So I don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, and as for Weekend Weird, we still have more episodes coming up next month. Uh, hopefully, we get one more episode in before this month. If not, uh, it will be a one parter if we do. <laughs> if not, we'll return next month for. We'll see. You- yeah, you you <laughs> return next month for UFO Alien Month, where we set out and talk about the strangest stories about the uh, possible extraterrestrials or unidentified flying craft. So and the, the Men in Black to make you not believe it. We already did the Men in Black episode I like last year. Always, they're always involved. They're always. <laughs> Yeah, they're always somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, well, again, thank you, thank you for joining me on this episode. Of course, friend, it was it was as always interesting and thought provoking, yes. sad, funny, yes. all that kind of stuff. So, really <laughs> good. I appreciate it. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you again. And thank you for listening to Weekend Weird. Uh, we do appreciate you listening and staying tuned to us. Uh, we look forward to next time. Uh, remember, stay weird because being weird is cool. We'll talk to y'all soon. Y'all have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>